Good evening, citizens. My name is Ban Shattersong, captain of the Bloody Hand Mercenary Company. And today, we're going to be having another OC, or out of character, episode. So hello, you're talking to Chris, not Ban. Lovely to meet you. Please join me by my virtual fire. And what we're going to do today is discuss my hots and knots of Empire LARP E1 or event one uh, of this year. It's been a, it's been a few weeks now since the event. Uh, apologies for the I guess the uh, delay in the usual cadence of episodes, but frankly, I've been on holiday, so it's uh, hard to do this stuff on a plane. Now, what I usually do with my friends is go through. Let's call it some high level stuff. So, how was the event? What were the key takeaways? And then we go into a breakdown of the Thursday, the Friday, the Saturday, and the Sunday, and then we have a little round off at the end. That is exactly what we're going to be doing today. So to cover off you know, the high level, um, I had a great time getting back to LARP after, gosh, two years, nearly two and a half, absolutely wonderful, especially when there was so much drama and excitement at the last event that was actually run. It all bubbled over this time and I think some people had some concerns that it would be a bit of a, a non-starter, but in, in my experience at least, people jumped straight back into the game and it was good old LARP, but with a lot of new faces, a lot of new faces, and we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, I think one of the major downsides is the weather, it was very cold at night, that's it, but it was particularly cold, and coming from someone who's done this for the best part of six years now, yeah, it was, uh, even with all my kit on, wrapped up, not sleeping on the floor or anything like that, still bitter bitterly cold, so uh, kudos to you if you were toasty during that event, well done. I um, mentioned that we talk about the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but some of you, the more astute listeners, might have realised that Thursday is not an official day, and if you weren't aware... You can actually turn up on the Thursday from, uh, I believe it's one o'clock in the afternoon. It's an extra five pounds in cash in the door, but it allows you to stay an extra day. I would 100% recommend this. The reason being is it gives you lots of out of character time to set up your tent, meet your friends, sort your kit out. Um, you know, if you're missing something, you find out a day in advance, you can do an emergency trip to Tesco, for example. But more than anything, it's so you get more time on site and frankly you just get to absorb everything leisurely strolls through anvil as it's starting to come to life have a meal at moorish and of, uh, of course have a drink at the uh, at the forge in the evening and that's what i'll cover first so if you haven't done a thursday before listen carefully and this might sound appealing if not stick to the fridays so i've actually you might hear some rustling Okay, I just hit my mic instead. Screw that. Um, I've got all of my points written down, and <laughs> it's surprising when you come off a weekend, you think, what on earth actually happened? You can remember one or two things, and then as you start to write them down, almost a, a timeline, it starts to get fuller and fuller and fuller and fuller, until you realise you've actually had a pretty mad weekend, and there's almost no moments to stop. But, not saying that isn't fun. It is. So anyway... Let's jump on with Thursday. 
So I went into this event with a little bit of a cold actually and it definitely wasn't Corona, I tested for that a uh, obscene amount of times, but I was not feeling 100%. So I actually didn't partake in the drinking on, uh, on Thursday night, but what I did partake in is a little bit of retail therapy. Uh, the traders that come to Anvil, and if you haven't come before, there's a large, uh, let's call it a street, a promenade of these trader tents. So these are retailers in the UK who sell LARP kit and they come on site and sell their wares in person as opposed to online. This is the best way to buy your kit in my personal opinion because whilst the range isn't as broad, you get to try it on, you get to find a few little hidden gems as well and usually it's a bit cheaper because you don't have to pay for, uh, for the postage. So I ended up picking up a lovely set of chainmail that barely got worn this weekend, uh, more on that later. But uh, yeah, got a lovely new set of chainmail, it was a bit rusty, a bit battered, um, but it totally suits the look of my character, really fun to pick that up. And we got to have some, we called it soft timing with my group, so we got into our costumes and kind of warmed up for the weekend as well. And since so many people have been away for so long, it was really handy just to get those laughing juices flowing and, you know, feel more ready for the uh days coming up. That's pretty much it for my Thursday. I met an old friend, uh, the person in the previous episode, Ty. Him and I hadn't, uh, well, hadn't seen each other in five years. We talked about LARP at uni and, hell, we met in Moorish. What a wonderful tale uh, to, uh, to come out with. But yeah, I, I partook in drinking some water and getting an early night. So, by and all for the Thursday, can't really comment too much. But again, Great for setting up my tent, get my kit ready and thinking, yes, I'm ready for this weekend. Friday, more of the same, bit of soft time in during the day, getting some breakfast, getting a player pack, uh, being a humble Miaran citizen. My resource has not been looted or destroyed or otherwise damaged, so I got all of my beautiful Tempest Jade crystals and got to cover those in my shiny shiny. But as, as always happens, Time in came around quickly enough. So, bullet point number one, standing. <laughs> um, so, I, I've been playing for a long time. I've been a new player myself. And when the VAR have their standings, which are kind of like a, a nationwide meeting before the weekend begins and at the end, we'll ask all the new players to come forward and show themselves. So we might get 10 maybe 20 or so if it's a particularly busy event. I think this time we had close to 100. It was utterly insane. A huge amount of new players and we are so glad to have all of you, if any of you are listening. Um, it was wonderful to see that many people joining in, getting, taking part in the hobby. And also because you're brand new and impressionable, we can all give you, <laughs> you know, give you the tasks and the quests we're working on and give you game. That's what we want to do. So great to see everyone so many new people and all the little smiles that cropped up in that group as well really uh really something quite wonderful to see i was gonna announce the you know the bloody hand mercenary company as always is looking for recruits but as i worked my way around the edge of the circle to get to the back of the queue uh the, we have a queue for people who want to make announcements so it's orderly and quick i ran into a pair of wintermark players now I'm not sure if these were NPCs sent by Profound Decisions, 
or if these were Wintermark players. Um, I cannot remember their names, apologies, but they were phenomenal. They were role-playing survivors from Calavesa, which is owned by the Jotun at the moment. And they had come to our camp to seek out the Navarre who would do a job that the Wintermark Steiner would typically not do. And this was battlefield looting. Wintermark has a term for those who loot in the battlefield and they call them maggots. It is highly frowned upon and they don't do it. The Navarre, however, do. We are, after all, a pragmatic people. So these two Wintermarkers came and just happened to catch my eye as I was walking around and said, you, are, are you a thorn? And of course the answer is yes. And we have a brief discussion and oh, the, I, I just could not, again, couldn't tell the difference between NPC and player. The, the costumes, the, the way they, they acted, their, their dialogue, just, just outstanding. But long story short, they said there's a skirmish at 8 o'clock, two hours from this point. We need you to go on it and take out a particular Jotun mage. And not only take him out, but we need to kill their, I guess, their retinue and take their staff of power and bring it back through the gate and hand it to those two citizens. So, of course, I uh, bigged myself up and said, yes, I'm a captain of a mercenary company, I'll have you know, and said we would take the job and we thought we might need 10 troopers or so. At this point, I go and chat to the rest of my mates and say, hey, we've got a job. This looks important. This will be fun. Let's get geared up. So we start to get geared up and ready to go. I run down to Wintermark just to chat to their captain who's leading that skirmish because it's 80 people in this case. And, you know, as Wintermark's a large nation, we would assume they could pretty much fill that skirmish by themselves. However, upon chatting to the Wintermark captains, they said they probably needed more like 40 of us. So at this point, frantic and incredibly excited at uh, what was about to happen, run back to Navarre and talk to the Thord's council and the people going through their sort of their military training and their national training that always happens after standing. We managed to cobble together a force of about 68 Navarre in the end, which was incredible. It is, it's wild how word travels so quickly at Anvil when we started off with 10 and ended up with 68, but hey, 40 still got through, which was awesome. And you know, dear listeners, your humble captain here was actually in charge of the Navari half of that skirmish, which felt, oh, I, I cannot describe how awesome it felt to have an IC-driven skirmish, taking charge of it, organising people. It really did feel like herding cats, but at the same time, incredibly satisfying. And then actually getting on the skirmish itself. We, um, we went in totally smashed apart the Yotun resistance. It was uh, the Black Scar in its entirety was on the left flank, Navarra myself in the centre and the Wintermark faction on the right. And those in the centre did a great job of skirmishing the Yotun, fixing them in place, allowing the other two pincers to close. We wrapped them, slaughtered them, looted what we thought was the right staff, um, unfortunately it was not, and then left. So as, a, uh, as an experience, the battlefield experience, it was awesome. There were some new faces there, they did so well, and at the end getting chest bumps and the, the real thrill of victory. So 10 out of 10, awesome time, and we're only two and a half hours in at this point. So yeah, a uh, pretty, pretty wonderful experience. Next up, I'd say it took up about two and a half hours. Uh, the rest of the evening, um, 
we went around selling some raffle tickets with my friend uh, Chuckle. Um, <laughs> as as you might have picked up from previous episodes, if you're a regular listener, uh, Ban is a bit of a criminal. So what we decided to do, because we just wanted some money, is we would go around and pretend to sell Bite, which is a, a narcotic within Empire. Now, we very stupidly went to the hub where the militia reside and started essentially asking people, oh, hey, 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 you want some bite? We can get you some bite. Um, and of course, we ended up talking to an undercover militia person and um, they were saying, oh, you know, can you show us? No, nope. payment in advance, you know, how it is, you know how it is. Just playing a bluff game. And at this point, we hadn't done anything illegal, so they couldn't arrest us. So they just said no deal uh, and left. This will have ramifications later on, I, I assure you. But what also happened during that, uh, let's call it a miniature adventure inside the hub, was that we were approached by a certain citizen. And I am not going to reveal any more details about them, because uh, as much as this is definitely the OC episode, a, um, an OC episode, people will take this OC knowledge and use it IC, or it will influence them IC. So, sorry you lot no intel but what this certain citizen asked me to do was to orchestrate a hit on the Grendel ambassador the following day 7.30 in the evening now the Grendel uh, for some background we've just secured a treaty with them ceding Faraz and I believe Spiral two pretty large territories to them in order to get a piece that we frankly needed quite badly uh, we were losing to their armies and this particular citizen, was, citizen wasn't really bothered about that aspect, but what they did want was the money from this Grendel delegation coming to Anvil to buy resources, and not just, uh, you know, herbs or anything basic like metal ingots. These were actually boss resources, so mithril, weirwood, and white granite. Now, the whole way, you know, Empire is set up as a game is there is not enough resource to go around, and people compete for it. It's it's pretty fierce. And this was another, you know, fantastic lever from PD to infl- to sort of introduce some conflict because we don't we don't want to sell our national resources to, uh, to to barbarians, which are now technically foreigners, but fundamentally our enemy. So this particular citizen um, gave that point of view to me, and I felt, or Ban at least felt, hey, that's a pretty good pretty good idea. Okay, how much are you going to pay us? Uh, we discussed the fee and we were paid it which was very handsome indeed and we were also promised a cut of the loot itself the loot consisted of as, as far as we knew a night pouch and this night pouch would have if they were buying resources in the order of a hundred to maybe 300 thrones a, a significant amount of cash this will come in again later on <laughs> so after we took payment in advance for that hit, took some information, I went around approaching some of my ne'er-do-wells, not directly in my group, but a few contacts throughout Anvil. Uh, Again, not going to provide specifics, but they are not confined to one nation, and they are many, many, many people indeed. After that was organised and essentially, uh, oh, what's the correct term, outsourced that hit, I spent the rest of the evening enjoying not drinking again. Um, I usually, you know, partake in a few tipples, and this time it was actually really nice to be sober. 
um, you know, enjoying the fresh air, walking around Anvil, absorbing the oh, just the just the sheer atmosphere of it was was wonderful. And I, I didn't need to be drunk because, well, I mean, you don't need to be anyway. But I didn't feel the need to drink. I couldn't drink, and it actually felt fun. So, learning lesson from that, I might be teetotaling a few more events in the future. We also got blooded in to our, so I talked about my personal group earlier, not being involved in the, the thieving side. That's called Black Scar. And I was finally and formally blooded into Black Scar this event. So we had a, we sort of gathered in a tent, we were blindfolded, led through around a fire where our, our brand was backlit and we all had to swear our oaths to the group. And we got blooded in with a, a gash in our hand and a solemn promise and a hearty cheer afterwards. Uh, really, really cool and really fun to do. Because a few of us have, whilst we've been in the group for years now, we haven't actually been formally inducted into it in character. So now was the time to do it. One final point from the Friday night, because at this point it's around about midnight, is that some uh, word had seemingly travelled about the hit. Some people, some very resourceful citizens from another nation found me and uh, openly discussed the plot by the campfire. Um, high risk but uh, then again you know thanks for them to coming and talking to me because it helped out a lot later on anyway I go to bed it's a bit cold I uh, just shiver myself to sleep and then we turn up on the Saturday morning so before we even get to time in on Saturday it's uh, 10 o'clock if you didn't know ah there is a brand new or at least <laughs> new to my knowledge uh, shower and toilet block it's kind of towards the the main entrance of the site at the at the bottom of a hill. Oh, just just having proper showers, proper toilets, sink space because the the Portaloos Empire are you know well they're Portaloos. I'm sure you're all aware of how uh, they can leave a little bit to be desired. But these were just wonderful. Got a proper big shower, hot water, scrub clean, feeling awesome. Really rare feeling at Empire and can't wait to get showered again little things really do make a big impact. The next thing we do once we time in, uh, we bust a, we must up a battle, we have to be at the, the gate by 11 o'clock and it is surprising how long it takes to you know, take 300 armoured troops from one side of a field to another. The answer is an hour and that's with rushing and a briefing. Now as we are walking towards the gate, my citizen who employed me the previous night approaches me and says ban that hit we talked about it's at 2.30 not 7.30 and then walks off leaving me in a little dinky winky of a pickle because uh, well all of the, uh, the feelers I've put out and the plans I've set in motion are relying on that 7.30 start so to say that this is an unpleasant surprise is a massive understatement luckily I got to talk to my co-conspirators quickly and uh, <laughs> we managed to expedite the plan. We charged our, uh, our contact a few more thrones of course to be uh, to be on the safe side and for our trouble but uh, we eventually did get half of the plan working. But anyway all of that entirely depended on whether I survived the coming two hours and this was of course as we went through the sentinel gate and we took the fight to the Jotun. I would give this a solid 7 out of 10. The uh, the first half was pretty pretty mediocre, I, you know, we, we advanced up the field, 
uh, pushing the Yotun back. That was you know, it was pretty fun. We got some good combat. Uh, they tried to rear charge us a few times with the with the respawned orcs, and we we countered them. And it's quite dynamic and fun, as it usually is. I say mediocre. It's not the right word. Battles are a lot of fun. However, the let's say the the fifty percent to eighty percent mark in terms of time for this battle, uh, there was a choke point. The enemy had fortified it. They had sort of four or five trooper deep shield wall with spears and shields, heavy armor and every nation had a pop at them and every nation bounced off and our objective was actually on the other side of this choke point so the empire failed in this battle now whilst the fighting at the choke point was fierce the rest of you know let's say it takes up 25 troopers the rest of a five six seven hundred people army is kind of stood around doing nothing and this was a little bit disappointing although i did have some fun running off with one of my striding uh, striding members uh, i got shot in the nuts a couple times by some pretty hawk-eyed archers which was pretty funny and uh, overall it kind of in the final 20 percent of the battle we got to you know we got some charges in and as we actually got pushed back towards the gate we got overwhelmed and those kind of fighting retreats whilst dangerous are actually very fun so overall seven out of ten uh, I, I think pd was yeah this is entirely an uninformed opinion but i think pd was keeping the mission quite simple because of the sheer amount of new players and the fact we haven't been fighting for two years keeping on open flat ground and having a really simple objective so you know seven out of ten can't really complain now as soon as we get off the field i have to begin rushing really really rushing around to get this uh, this plot going and um yeah it was uh, a bit of a, a finagle trying to get the extra pay trying to actually talk to all my co-conspirators and get the word spread uh, lots of literal running around anvil trying not to look dodgy but at the same time trying to get all these shady characters in the right place at the right time there was also a little side event where me and one of my striding friends uh, a different one to the one in the battle essentially uh <laughs> we robbed a cake seller and if you're listening i'm so sorry i'm so sorry but it was it's 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 part of the character so we're walking down this uh this alleyway uh sorry walking up this alleyway towards the back of navarre so uh there, there are three broad roads into navarre there's one at the top of a hill from the main field of anvil which is considered the main gate you walk in you're it's well lit you go into the songs and story time circle um that's that's main navarre You've got the York camp a little bit further down the hill and their entrance, and then further after that, you've got a uh, a curved road that curves up the hill and kind of nips into the back of the Navarre, the main Navarre camp. Then there is a one final road that goes from the back of Navarre into Wintermark directly, and this has the the moniker Murder Alley. Now, some people don't like it because it's uh, it sets the wrong impression for new players. But other people do love it because it sets exactly the kind of expectation and reputation they want to adhere to. So me as a criminal, I refer to it as Murder Alley, and it's uh, it's it's kind of fun spooking people about oh it's a you know it's a dark place you gotta you know keep your purse on you watch out for bandits kind of thing. In reality, I can tell you all out of character, no one really does robberies down there anymore. I used to because it was dark and poorly lit and we could you know walk up to someone say hey by the way you're about to be robbed is that okay rob them 
<laughs> uh, at one point we, we took one ring off a person because that's all they had <laughs> for like 15 of us but now it's so well populated and reasonably well lit it's it doesn't really happen but regardless my friend and I are walking up Murder Alley and a cake seller is walking down he says hello would you like to buy a cake three rings now maybe this might give you a little insight into what Banner's like as a character but instead of saying you know, yes please and handing across three rings like any normal citizen would do I turn to my friend and say, can I, can I borrow your sword, Jockle? I uh, draw the sword and I say, I am very hungry, I would love a cake. Dead eye contact. The cake setter realises that they're on their own at this point, this citizen. They say, oh, uh, this, this guy says, <laughs> come on, it's only three rings. <laughs> uh, to which Ban responds, yes, it is only three rings. <laughs> he just... And he, you know, he looks at us, there's two of us, one of him, and it's like, ah, oh, okay. And at this point, I push my luck a little bit and say, well, my friend's also very hungry. I think he'd also like a cake. But uh, in the end, we, we just get one cake for free, and, and we walk off having a little chuckle and kind of looking at each other in disbelief of why did, why on earth would we just do that? And gosh, what a rush, you know, a, day, a literal daylight robbery. Um, apologies to that cake seller. If you find me... Um, Feel free to challenge me and I'll pay you for the rings, don't worry. But uh, that was just quite a fun little interaction and perhaps adds to the reputation of Murder Alley. Anyway, that aside, and with a belly with a full of quite a nice muffin actually, we um, get back to camp. I do my first ever set of apothecary work. And this is maybe around 1.30 in the afternoon at this point. Um, I picked up the apothecary skill last event two years ago but I haven't had a chance to use it so it was really cool to essentially sit there with a menu and saying hey who wants this potion that potion give me the herbs take a bit of commission gather all of those items go down to gods and actually mix these potions up um, it's a you know, it's an admin process you don't actually get to use a pestilent water or anything like that although you can role play using that if you'd like to um, but it was pretty cool um, going getting these potions we call them last resort it's things like you know, get some extra hits back in your body or fix a limb, the kind of things you need on the battlefield when a physic is not around. Uh, would 100% recommend, and if you need some, well, come talk to me. Um, next up came the hit. At this point we're edging into uh, 2, 2.15 at this point in the, uh, in the afternoon, and it's around about time to carry out our hit on the Grendel Ambassador. Now, this episode might be a little bit long if I include the entire account of that uh, of that story. So I won't. I'll save it for another time. But long story short, uh, we, well, we carried out a hit in broad daylight on a delegation from the Grendel next to the Senate building. We assaulted Imperial citizens, foreigners, technically, uh, who were the Grendel, and we stole their stuff, and then we ran off. And we took no casualties, no captures, no arrests, none. So in terms of a hit, as usual, it was pretty flawless. And uh, we're all very happy with the results. I'll, I'll leave it there. Next up in the afternoon, it's probably about 3.30 by the, by the time this, this kind of calms down. Uh, there was a, a huge, huge crowd that gathered around the actual assault site. Uh, we saw that from the top of the hill and very satisfied to have caused so much uh, commotion. 
But anyway, next up, once we fenced our goods, was getting to some skirmishes. And these were against the ancient Navali enemy, the Valorn. Now, <laughs> um, these were both really difficult. And uh, if you listen to the previous episode of Ty, I've, I've, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Skirmishes are dangerous because you are a bigger cog in a smaller machine. Your impact and your actions are much greater than they would be on the battlefield. And this is great because as a hero you can almost solo a flank. But if some of you start to flee it can cause a rout very, very quickly. And of course if uh, some of you go down, things happen very quickly, lines are dramatically pushed. You are much more likely to die in these skirmishes than you would be on a battlefield where there's just a, you know, a, a critical mass of, of comrades around you who will actually keep you alive. On top of that, the skirmish monsters can be quite hard. <laughs> uh, you know, Valorn husks are pretty, uh, pretty weak, but in groups of three or four, they're very dangerous, especially on your own. Uh, the Etacaps this time, very, very tough. And then there was also a few uh, sort of traitorous, uh, I, I think they were Varushkin citizens, or like a cabal of Varushkin, you know, former citizens, I should say. And uh, yeah, they on both skirmishes, they pushed our shit in pretty hard. Uh, we tried to advance onto the main site and they counterattacked, got us pincered, because cool, you know, they're screaming and they're, they're, the makeup is terrifying, the costumes are so good. It's really quite demoralizing and difficult to fight them. Um, and as a result, we uh, we lost both skirmishes. We took casualties and trying to fight some of the etacaps was uh, exceptionally difficult. I took a, a long sword on this, a sort of two-handed greatsword, if you will, on this skirmish so I could use, uh, use my impale skill and usually Impale will go through anything except Dornish armor, you know, a full suit of plate, and bonking these, uh, <laughs> bonking these Etikap, these beetles essentially on the shoulder, trying to Impale them, but they would just shrug it off. We were sat there realizing, ah, we're, uh, we're up shit creek without a paddle. So uh, they called, they, one of them mauled me. Uh, I was luckily saved by one of my, uh, one of the other troopers on the skirmish, but yeah, very difficult, but very, very fun. The, uh, down, the downside from that skirmish is that unfortunately some of the air plot that we've been pursuing might go cold or we'll have to approach it next season. But the upside is that you know, we've got to fight over lawn again and it's, it's just so much fun. So, so, so much fun. We came off those skirmishes and as I was queuing for a cheeky bit of late lunch at... Boy, I'm not even sure it was dinner at this point. Meals at Empire are very transient. Uh, I get approached by a certain orc. And he asks me, do you own a crossbow? And of course I say, no, I own a longbow, but not a crossbow. This is a lie. The orc OC knows that, but this particular orc is a hardcore role player and he refuses to use that OC knowledge. So at this point, uh, this, orc is a, this, this orc is a thief taker essentially, and they think I'm a suspect for the hit earlier. Because I deny and act relatively innocent, this orc, uh, despite his OC knowledge, goes off and a character called Whitecap, who is quite famous in the marches, ends up copying the blame at this point in time. This will have ramifications later on. <laughs> Next up, uh, we actually end up going to uh, going to the marchers' camp and actually looking for Whitecap. Not to do with the crime, but actually to go for a stag party. We had some beers and stuff. It was uh, an in-character stag party. Very fun very entertaining 
and then we ended up in a casino in Varushka, and this is around about eight o'clock at night at this point. Uh, trying to we, essentially we took the the card dealer and we took him on a tour of some of the bars around Anvil, and one of these was again in the marches, a lovely tent, candle lit, playing uh, blackjack by candlelight, betting our rings and gaining and losing money in equal measure. A, a lot of fun with a few, uh, well, most of us with a few pints of ale, myself with a pint of water. Now, what happens is a citizen comes in and says, A news! Alarming news! Do not panic! But some whites, as in grave whites, have uh, escaped into Anvil. Apparently a skirmish that went out later in the evening, after the Valorn skirmishes, had gone out, encountered some essentially ghosty boys, and some of them had come back cursed, and those cursed troopers were becoming whites. And the way you can tell them is if uh, they have, I think it's grayscale vision. So if they can't see in color anymore, they're a white and they don't know it just yet. And that's before the, the murderous hunger descends on them, I suppose. So then we decide, right, you know, it's hearsay, which usually means it's wildly inaccurate, or already over, or both. But we go, right, sod it. We've just finished our game, let's go white hunting. So we go over to the hub to find out some more information. Now this was a total mistake, because as I mentioned earlier in the hub, there are lots of militia. The thief taker also clearly considered me a suspect, uh, the description being a bald citizen. Um, not particularly... <laughs> Uh, not not particularly a good description, but it, it does narrow it down a fair amount to Anvil. So we go into the hub, genuinely looking for white work, and I see my friendly, yet-to-be-revealed undercover cop. And I, as an opportunistic citizen, suggest buying some, you know, would you like to buy some bikes? Have you thought about it from yesterday? They step off for uh, a few minutes and they come back and go, you're under arrest. <laughs> uh, to the surprise of Ban, of course, but to the surprise of nobody else. <laughs> the um, magistrates then sit me down and uh, start questioning me about the hit. I will omit all of these details for now. Long story short, I have a trial. I am found guilty, fined a, uh, a hefty amount, and then proceed to continue with my evening. White, long forgotten. We um, have a I think this is the point I start to feel a little bit better. I have a tipple of uh, some mead around a campfire with the rest of Blackscar and then uh, head off to bed. Sunday. Well, it was a... <laughs> um, that little tipple of alcohol did not agree with me. So I got into monstering, got in the field uh, for about 20-30 minutes and uh, at this point I turned to one of my, uh, one of my group and I go, I think I'm going to shit my pants and uh, promptly run off, jog back to the toilets and rejoin the battle later. But uh, <laughs> the, the battle was a little bit of a blur for me because I had to do that a couple times. So I'm not really sure what happened on the monstering side on Saturday. I hear that some, some of the archery was pretty cool. Uh, again, we were playing as Jotun, so it was lots of shield walls and heavy combat. But yeah, um, Certainly a knot for this event, uh, nearly crapping my pants, but uh, hey-ho, still got out there, soldiered through most of it, and uh, had an okay time. What happened next, though, was the spiciest part of the weekend for me, and is often um, 
you know, it's on the, after the Sunday battle, a lot of people start to pack up. Um, even though the event ends at three, some people just have places to be, they've got a long way to travel, and the event starts to wind down. However, do not think for a second that that means the RP slows down, the plot slows down, anything like that. It's all time in until three o'clock. And lots of people, of course, you know, still play, trade, talk. There's no skirmishes, but otherwise it's normal time in. And at this point, I am uh, essentially dragged into the standing circle. And Senator Rizart points out that actions have consequences, and I've been shackled as a condemned man and as a, as a criminal. I get to very briefly defend my actions to the nation. Uh, essentially saying that, hey, Grendel buying our stuff is bad, right? So I'm a good guy here for stopping them. That's uh, the up and down of it. And then uh, proceeding to go around Anvil, because the fleet master, who may or may not have been shot by yours truly, uh, wanted a word with me. The uh, Imperial fleet master, I, I must stress, an Imperial citizen. <laughs> so anyway, we uh, spend a lot of time looking for Esteban, in this case, uh, that's the character's name. And we eventually catch up with Esteban, and he gives me a, a thorough telling off and tries to understand why I did it and who hired me. Of course, I reveal no information about that particular citizen, but he does say something quite surprising. And that was, Ban, with all of your organisation and with your willingness to do something about these contentious political issues, why don't you become a senator? To which my entire striding around me groans because they rightly know that I should never be a senator. Van should never be in charge of anything, and if you see him getting towards having that kind of hat, stop him. <laughs> this is OC, but stop him. You should not have a criminal leading a nation. There's some, maybe some OC political hints in that sentence there. Anyway, the, you know, the search for Esteban was quite a lot of fun, and being told off, interrogated if you will, and then you know, finally at the end, agreeing to disagree on what was the right thing to do. Uh, I, I believe the quote from Esteban was, you know, we've paid a price for this. We've already lost so much. Don't make us lose more. To which the Navari respond, we've lost an entire empire before. We understand loss greater than this, Freeborn. And uh, it felt very cool and was some really cool RP. Finally, on the walk back to camp, opportunistic Ban was still shackled. So in the final 30 minutes of time in, I decided to make myself some money. And of course, uh, this entailed being entirely irresponsible with, uh, with the truth and walking around and asking citizens for cash and saying, please, please citizen, a ring for a condemned man. I've been convicted of a crime I didn't commit, which is not strictly true. I've been convicted for it. I might have committed it, but not in the way that uh, was presented in the court. So anyway, I um, proceed to rack up a fair amount of money, um, exactly the amount of money that I need to cover my debt to the court. So thanks to the kind-hearted citizens of Anvil, they funded my criminal venture, and I've gotten off entirely scot-free. Feels pretty good. At this point, we time out, we catch up with Restaban's uh, real character, favourite part of the weekend for him apparently, so, which is great, uh, very entertaining. And uh, there's a lot of details I've left out as part of that that hit, but uh, yeah, big big part of plot for both of us for the weekend, and that that brings us to the end of the uh, this review, I guess, the hots and knots. So to to summarise, I always try and score these out of 
you know, combat, roleplay, costume, and overall, and uh, those each of those categories coming out of ten. Uh, the combat for me was probably a nine, I would say, uh, despite my uh, <laughs> my rumbly tummy on the Sunday as a monster. It was still it was fun just to endure that, frankly, in a weird way. Just uh, don't read into that too much, but yeah, it was still fun. The Saturday battle was great, awesome to get back to it. The, the Friday night skirmish, leading my own skirmish for the first time with 80 troopers on the battlefield. Oh, awesome. Felt so, and I, I got congratulated for my command afterwards from a few people and from the Wintermark captain as well. It was, it was just such a wholesome, wonderful experience. Uh, really keen to get into that kind of game from now on. And then also the two Valorn skirmishes. Very difficult, but very fun. So yeah, combat is a 9 out of 10. The RP has got to be 10 out of 10. I got, I had a long list of things I wanted to do this weekend. Well, I say this, uh, that weekend. And I, I blew it out the park. Um, everything I wanted to achieve on the list, I only got half of that done. And it was replaced with things that were even better and even bigger. Uh, getting approached by Wintermark. Uh, again, NPCs, question mark. Uh, at the start of the event was brilliant foreshadowing for the serious amount of plot I was going to be involved in and generate for the rest of the event. Um, the blooding in ceremony was fantastic. We also elected a new leader for our group. Uh, so congratulations Lothi, now Captain of Black Scar. Um, we also had a few interactions with just random citizens like the uh, it's the the Varushkin casino owner. I can't remember the character's name and I know their symbol is a, is a honeybee. And I can't for the life of me remember the name of the casino, but whoever you are, you're awesome. And then just talking to people on the street and stealing cake from them. Yeah, I feel a bit bad OC, but I see it's in character for Ban, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. That kind of uh, it it must be very clearly stated at this point, dear listeners, that Empire LARP is a adversarial and PvP or player versus player LARP. Conflict is key to it. The entire political, religious, and financial structure is designed to cause tension. Now, we're not saying that characters should go around stabbing each other and fighting and yelling, because uh, that's not civilized and it's kind of, kind of boring. But what you do is you approach it in other ways. So you have debates, for example, you have intimidation. Instead of, you know, my, my bunch of mercenaries, essentially, we could go around murdering characters. It's not very fun, it ruins people's games and we, we don't do that. It's, it's a strict rule for our group. But going around and intimidating people or asking for protection money or carrying out robberies, that kind of thing, we become those adversaries that other characters can bounce off of. So if you are feeling a bit evil, really important to let that out. And uh, if you're the victim of it, use that to drive your use that to drive your roleplay. Say, right, okay, this uh, this bald ass bastard has stolen a cake from me. I'm gonna go and you know, call, report him to the militia. I'm going to go and hunt him down myself and steal his money. I'm going to you know, use it as a as a lever to complain to Navarre and try and get this you know, alleged murder alley turned into a, a well-lit space or that that kind of thing. Like use it to inspire a game, and it's you know, a lot of people appreciate that um, because I'd say 95% of the actual plot and game you will get involved in is entirely player generated. The actions you take have a gigantic ripple effect. So. Roleplay for me this weekend, uh, 10 out of 10. Absolutely loved it. Perfect. Costume is the next category, and this is more not really about the game, but how my costume did. Um, I've been doing this a while. I like my costume. 
I had loads of new jewelry this time around. Really liked it. Added a lot of depth to like my look. So I'll give this time a solid nine out of ten because I was warm enough most of the time, apart from at night. But you know the nights were particularly bad, so I can't really blame my costume. And my armor, I built myself some armor at Christmas. It looked good. It performed well. And uh, I used a shield and a sword as well this time, which was um, a lot of fun. I really gelled with it, and it was a good like combat style. So overall for the event, I'd give it a 9 out of 10. Lots of very generous scores, but I had a fantastic time. Caught up with all my friends. Caused loads of shenanigans. Got in loads of trouble. Made a surprising amount of money. Ate loads of food and cake. Didn't come home with a hangover or anything like that. And uh, yeah, literally can't fault it. Apart from perhaps uh, not being able to fully monster on, on the Sunday and sort of only getting about half that time in and Ideally, you know, I wouldn't have been ill going into the event, but uh, hey-ho, it's uh, I, I made do. So there you have it, dear listeners. That's my hots and knots. The you know, vast majority are very much hot for the entire weekend. Um, if you would like to do an episode like this with me as well, I, I've done a few one-to-ones so far, um, drop me a message. I, I love talking to people about LARP. I love hearing about your experiences, especially if what I've done this weekend impacted you. I'm talking to you, cake seller. So, yeah, do let me know if you want to get involved or if you like the podcast in general. Um, I I sit here at home recording these purely for fun more than anything and as a, I guess as a way to try and give some people a, a non-text-based resource for knowledge around the system when it comes to rules but also what it's like to, to be part of it because, as I mentioned earlier, there are a lot of new people now and... Uh, it's really cool to impart that knowledge and see them enjoy themselves. So yeah, have a wonderful evening, and I'll catch you next time.